Hey everybody, welcome to episode 17 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan. I'll be your host, or your co-host actually, because with with freakish consistency, Dave Hogue is sitting across the room from me. How are you, Dave? I'm doing wonderfully, so I'm excited to be here tonight and talk about what Jesus has to say. It was a nice day today, wasn't it? It was actually there was a rainbow here in Gardner. I saw it. I was right. It was. It was. The sun was out. It was sprinkling. I was on my scooter, so I was getting a little, little wet. And I turned over my shoulder, and there was a big, lovely, large rainbow. Yes. So thank you for not flooding Gardner, God. Yes, that is God's promise that He won't yes. <laughs> wipe us out again. So check that out in Genesis if you're not familiar with the rainbow. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with leprechauns or gold, really. No. That's... There's a, there's better treasure behind But like it. most things that God gives us, the world has put a different twist on it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Dave, Dave, did you do you think people know that we're writing a book? Have, have we talked about that before? I I have no idea. I don't think we have. Um my wife mentioned it to me the other day. She's like, "You guys are writing a book?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, that's the idea. I haven't really done any work on it, but so well, we are and my outline's done. <laughs> Cam's doing all the hard work, as usual. Well, no, I just have more time. I don't have children, <laughs> and I don't have the work schedule that you do. Like, my work schedule's bad, but you work nights, which yeah. just tends to complicate <laughs> things quite it a does. bit, especially when you have children and a wife who doesn't work uh, nights, I should say. She works 12-hour uh, shifts for her job, too. Or she does 24, so... She, she does overnight sometimes, too, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Brutal. But anyways, the outline for my end is done, so that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I've never really written anything this long. Even my master's thesis is going to be much shorter than this book, I fear. And that's kind of daunting to me, because I remember what my master's thesis did to me, and even my senior paper for undergrad. It's a lot of time in a library. That's all right. The one thing I do miss, though, is having access to a good library. Mm, yeah, not so much here in Gardner. Well, it's, it's not, it, it's just public libraries, period, don't really have access to no. quality theological <laughs> material. No. You can get an occasional commentary, but it's like a series that I've never heard of by a person I've never heard of, you know, whereas when I was in college, I could type in, like, for instance... Uh, the Beatitudes, and I would get access to dissertations and uh, academic journals and commentaries in German or French or Latin. Like, I mean, the the resources were insane, and because you're part of a university, you right. can order it from another school, and they will ship it to you for free. <sighs> I miss those days, Dave. Yes. But anyhow, enough talk about that. We're, we're, we're kind of boring. Our, we've, we've lost everybody already, I think. Sure. Come back, please. <laughs> Anyways, so the book is, we're working on it. It's coming. I have no idea how long it's going to take, but if you think about it, send up a prayer for us because we're, we're kind of taking on a project and seeing what happens, but we're really excited about it. Yep. I am. I think Dave is. I am. I just, I have to get started, so. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave is also in the process of building a new house and moving, so he's a little busy. But anyways, follow up, Dave. Follow yes. up. I've, I've talked too much. Uh, tell me about she-bears and why in the world we would follow up about follow up about she-bears on a podcast about Jesus. This does not seem like <laughs> a normal discussion. Of... 
Well, I'm afraid I'm guilty of taking us on that, that tangent because yeah, it's all Dave's fault. I started talking about the difference between the uh, wisdom that uh, the Bible talks about if you have gray hairs versus uh, being bald. And I mentioned that Elijah, Elisha, not Elijah. Um, and I didn't know the verse. Your sister actually had to text us and tell us that it yeah, was... Yeah, we got, we got trumped by my, my sister. In Second King, so... Um, but basically, um, what it boils down to is, well, should we tell what the story is? Yeah. Okay. So at second Kings two twenty three, I believe this group of young men are kind of chasing Elisha out of town. Maybe not chasing, but following him and they're heckling him. And it's, it's a large enough group as we'll see here in a little bit. And they say, go up, you bald head, go up. And at first that seems like weird thing to say and fairly trivial. Yeah, like really that's all you got. That's that's a bu- that's that's the best a bunch of teenage boys can come up with is I was far more creative when I was 16. <laughs> um and then Elijah turns and curses them and then all of a sudden two angry she bears come out of the forest and tear apart 42 of these guys. Yes. To which my sister responded, "Do follow up. That's ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> Which is so very much like, it just, anyways, that was just a perfect summation. So, with that in mind, it, it, it is a very odd passage. Uh, it seems to come out of the blue that she bears would jump out and, and just, you know, go crazy on a bunch of guys. But, Dave, do you have any wisdom on this matter? Uh,. I don't know if I have any wisdom. <laughs> um, and basically, I'm, I'm looking at notes that, that Cam kind of put in our little uh, lineup here. And it's similar to uh, basically what I found as well, is that there's probably more to their taunting of the go up, go up, uh, you bald head. And uh, I found the same thing in terms of go up, go up, dealing with um, kind of a reference to Elijah and that mm-hmm. being, uh, do what he did, get out of here. Why don't you go to heaven? Like he went to heaven. Yeah. And... Like if you're, if you're this great prophet, prove it, you know, so kind of calling him out and at the same time, I would say that was their way of saying like, we don't, we don't believe a word you say, like you're not legit. And, and in reference, the city that he's at, I forget the name of it. I think it might even be Bethel, but don't call yeah, that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Earlier before this, he goes and, and the city is pretty much unrepentant and full of a bunch of sin. So this is people that, that have lost their respect and love and reverence for God. Elisha goes there and as he's leaving town, this is kind of like the the, the fond farewell from a bunch of people that have that have lost God. So I think it, it all kind of stems and leads up to this point. I don't think this is an isolated incident. No, and I even think there's, uh, and again, I, I believe I read this somewhere, There's, I think there's even a, an element of sort of they're chasing him out of town mm-hmm. kind of feel to this of you've got these folks chasing you or kind of you're on your way out and they're making sure you leave and, and that. And so, um, so the taunting... Regardless of what they're saying, they're showing disrespect to a prophet and a prophet of God. And that is basically the equivalent to showing disrespect to, to God. Because he's God's voice to the people. Yeah. So there's so there's some waiting there's there's a weightiness to this in that 
who their target is, is a prophet that has come to them to share the word of God. They haven't received it. They're basically running him out of town. And as they're running him out of town, they are taunting him with these words. And uh, the, I'll let you speak to the bald head. Uh, I don't know if you have any... Well, the, the, the study that I was able to do pretty much just said that uh, in this time, whether or not he was bald because he chose to be or bald because he had... Genetic, disease. Bad genetics. Because a, a lot, well, yeah, like like me. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm not there yet, but one day. Um, but a lot of times, baldness was tied to diseases like leprosy yeah. or other things like that. So it was looked down upon uh, if you were bald or had shorter hair that there was something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, and so the combination of them taunting uh, Elijah to prove you know, God and go up and, and, and ascend before them and, and to be like Elijah, that's that's kind of the shot at God. And the shot at him is like, oh, and by the way, that would be like um, us calling somebody, uh, like I don't want to use the word, but it's a term that's used for people that, you know, um, are dumb. But, it, right. but it's for people with special needs. Right. But we say, oh, you're this. And it, it's kind of that same thing. Like, you're you're less than, we're better than you, we don't even think of you, like... And so it seems like a weird thing to us, because I've never heard anyone called anyone a bald head before. Like, <laughs> So I, I want to translate it into modern terms, but I also don't want to say that on the podcast and, <laughs> and, and have to, like, give a caveat that Cam says a cuss word. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's there's this malicious intent... There's disrespect. Well, it's teenage boys, and teenage boys are eager to prove that they are better than others. I mean, it's it's the one-upping game. That even with your friends, you make smart aleck, sarcastic comments mm-hmm. of, "Dude, you're an idiot. I can't believe you did that." Ha ha ha. It's like that. Yeah. But when teenage boys get in the gang, they tend to. There's they feed off each other, and there's the mob mentality. Exactly, and and, and if anyone is going to. Uh, overstep their bounds it's going to be especially a group that's this big so so that kind of sets the scene and i would imagine that no one has problems with any of that the problems that most people have with this passage come when the she bears come raging out of the forest and tear it says they tore 42 of them i saw one commentator that was like well we don't know the severity of their injuries and the other commentary was like uh, they tore him to shreds. So, <laughs> I tend to lean towards the second. Like, I'm pretty sure if even in a group that big, if we if there's two angry bears, they're not gonna come just swat me. Like, yeah. it's gonna be Walking Dead style, just guts yeah. everywhere. Yes. So I, I would say that 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 is accurate. So obviously, I mean, I I, wish, I shouldn't say obviously. What I assume the because I don't have an issue with this passage. It doesn't bother me. Oh, no. And. No, no, not at all. I'm sure it would bother quite a few folks, just because. But the reason it doesn't bother me is because there's precedent for God to take similar action. Mm -hmm. He did, after all, flood the entire planet and only chose to save one family. Right. And a number of animals. Um, And the fact that. God has said over and over and over and over again throughout Scripture that He will judge those that have sinned. He will 
his wrath will be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. He has standards and they will be met. Yeah. If I can put it in, you know, um, business terms or, or, or whatever. Um, so I'm not at all uh, offended by the fact that these bears killed these guys. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's weird that he chose bears. <laughs> you know yes well and that's i you know i think ultimately you know i don't even think it's i don't even think it's elijah elisha calling the bear down i think it's definitely him going okay i'm giving you over to god and god's gonna have his way with you and my guess is is that's good yeah that well I, i think that's what was handy you know, they were up where they were in the wilderness, and yeah. I'm going to turn you over to God. And God's like, well, there's two there's two she-bears, so I'm going to send them on over. And Well, what I find interesting, yeah, is, in, again, in, in the study that, that I did on this, was that it all it says is that Elijah cursed them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that Elijah said, and now two she-bears shall come forth and slay thee. <laughs> no, it was just like, he probably turned around and just said, you know what? you know, curses on you or God's judgment on you or whatever, I'm done. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you got, you know, a little buffet going on. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, again, I think there's an element of Elisha had been there. He had presented the word of God. It was rejected. And not only is it rejected, but now there's this sort of taunting, this, this going after. And I think it's, you know, what's that saying? Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's. I think it's one thing to reject God, and then I think you're kind of taking it to another level when you sort of choose to be prideful about it. Yeah, and taunt and yeah, yeah. Pride cometh before the she bears. That's I want a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> um, that might be, that might be our first uh, apparel that we make yes, available. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the show title. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, so I guess in order to sum this, this whole conversation up, God does not put up with people who willingly, um, what's the word I want here? Oppose him. Right. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah is another example. Um, going into the promised land and cleaning out all of the people that had filled it after they're coming from Egypt, God's judgment on Egypt and Pharaoh, especially the hardening of his heart. Um, and even what God has promised will happen when Jesus comes back and there is the final judgment. Like mm-hmm. the, God is benevolent and God is merciful and God is gracious in, in that he has sent Jesus to satisfy his wrath so that we can be in his kingdom. However, if you are not in God's kingdom and you have not seen the truth of salvation, you will feel God's wrath. And and being mauled by a she-bear pales in comparison to what ultimately is coming. Exactly. And so if you're caught up on two she-bears mauling these, and actually I think that's another thing I don't think we touched on, is that they're not necessarily children. 
they're they're, right. they're the people that are old enough to know what they're doing. They could have even been in their early twenties. I think is is one of the translations. Yeah the uh, the Hebrew word is naar, and uh, it roughly translates to lads. Uh, so we're not just making out that they're older to make this easier to swallow. Like the actual no, yeah. word that was used. Uh, <laughs> was used of servants, of soldiers, and of Isaac when he was 28 years old. So this isn't a bunch of eight-year-old boys that don't know any better. This is, as you said, people that are old enough to know what they're messing with yep. and who they're talking to. Yeah. And as Jews know the history of what God has done and who God is, yep. theoretically. Yep. So. And, you know... Quite sincerely, I, I think about God's wrath, and it causes it. It gives me pause because it's. I don't want it to be seen as something that we're taking like lightly or joking. It's, it's way worse than two she bears. So, and just even saying that, I mean, there's there's this moment of me just like going, boy, I hope that <laughs> this, you know, I'm I'm where I'm. I should be in my relationship with God and all that. And again. It doesn't depend on anything we do, and it is His grace, and ultimately I know that, but it still makes me kind of go, when I think about what I'm really like and who I really am. I had that exact same thought yesterday. Like, if I die today, (laughs) am am I sure that I'm going, like, I had that exact same thought on my way home from work yesterday. You know, and I I don't think there's anything, I I don't, if if you're in a constant state of that, probably not good. You need to get to with somebody that can kind of help you uh, work that through to where you can. But it is absolutely normal as a follower of Christ to reach those moments of just, um, there's just kind of that sobering, you know, uh, just sense of uh, God is a just God. And uh, I don't exactly, des- well, what I deserve is not salvation and eternal <laughs> life with him. So, I know what I deserve is way worse. So, cool. hope that hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, I so want that T-shirt now. <laughs> All right. So, have we talked about she bears enough for today's episode? Uh, yes, I believe we've talked about she bears enough. Uh, if for some reason we have missed something, or somebody else has a co- thought or a comment on Elisha, we'd love to hear from them. And I think we have a way for people to let us know. Yes, there's this this wonderful technology called Twitter. I'm a big fan. Uh, you can send us a message that is up to 140 characters in length at Masterclass FM. That's the at symbol followed by our name. Uh, and you can let us know that way. You could also find dave on twitter at 10 hbo that's at t-e-n-8 hbo and that's police slang for i got this <laughs> or you can get me at cam brennan or you can email us if 140 characters is, is a little too um what's the term i'm looking for here uh restricting uh, that would be masterclassfm at gmail.com or, well, actually, that's probably Those the are the best way. ways to get We do have a Facebook page. We've been stuck at 49 likes for a long time. <laughs> it bothers me. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. <laughs> Just get the 50. Make it even. Make it round. Make it easy. But 
I think that's just my vanity <laughs> Also, if you want to access the show notes, you can go to masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash 17. I just butchered that. Dave, what are the show notes? If someone doesn't know what show notes are, and I tell them to go to this URL that has our show notes, what would they find there? I, I actually go to the show notes myself after the show, <laughs> and I... I enjoy, um, because you're very good at, at drawing out the things that we talk about and putting links there for things that, you know, like if we reference, I don't know, the TV show, The Big Bang Theory, then people can kind of go, I've never heard of The Big Bang Theory. What is this? I've lived under a rock. And, and, and there will be a link there. If we, if we reference a Dallas Willard book, then there'll be some links there. Maybe even an opportunity to purchase the Dallas Willard book from Amazon.com. Um, so there's, um, there's just kind of an, in, uh, a deeper look at some of the things that we maybe just mentioned briefly, mm-hmm. uh, the scripture that we've referenced is there, which is probably one of the more important aspects of all of this. Cause it's kind of central to why we're here. Um, so yeah, it's, I, 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 I sincerely, I enjoy going to our, um, and I always call it the wrong thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so savvy as, as Cam here. Our it's website. Our website. And click on some of those things and kind of like, you know, it's, it's the interweb. It's, it you know, there's wonderful things out there. There's bad <laughs> things, but it's interesting. So I don't know. Did I answer that appropriately? Yeah. Okay. And most, uh, most podcast apps on phones. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Will allow you, if you, if you look at the artwork and you scroll up, generally speaking, the show notes will be right there. Yes. Um, I use overcast, which is my podcast app of choice and i know any podcast i listen to the artwork shows and then if i just slide up all the show notes are just right listed right there so it's a great way to follow along in the episode you can kind of see what's coming and you can see you know where you're at and and what links of note are worth it so that when we say the show notes are found at masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash 17 that's what we mean yeah so it's not just like what we say in text there's actually some things to click on and kind of explore and yeah. gain a deeper sort of um, experience, hopefully. So Every once in a while there's a little treat, but most of the time it's just what we talk about. <laughs> All right. So I think we've come to the, the point in our podcast where we actually start talking about what Jesus, Jesus said. Yes. Dave, would you do us the honors as usual? Sure. Uh, so we're at Matthew 6, uh, 16 through 18. And this says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, and their fasting may be seen by others, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. All right. So we should probably start from... The very easiest or most basic question. What is fasting? So, because if people don't know what it is, this passage is going to make absolutely no sense. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think in our world today, most people probably know fasting because of, like, diets. Uh, David Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think people will even give them the terms a cleanse. Yes. <laughs> and uh, fasting is, is actually a spiritual discipline. Discipline. And uh, it is carried out in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, and basically, it, it, a fast, uh, well, it's where we get our word breakfast. 
when you get up in the morning, you eat breakfast. You are breaking a fast because you have not eaten overnight. You have fasted during the night by not eating. And so basically, a fast in its simplest terms is not eating. Now, you can do different kind of fast. Um, you could you could fast from no food uh, and still consume water mm -hmm. uh, because obviously the human body is what 80% water and we just that is one of the things that you have to have um, Daniel um, when he oh is it King Nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. Daniel when he's in the the service for King uh, Nebuchadnezzar one of the things that they fast from is they they fast from delicacies they don't drink wine they don't eat the meat they don't eat kind of the fat food and they eat nothing but vegetables and water and so that's that's a fast because so there's there's this element of a fast is denying yourself of something um, that you would normally have. So uh, I know people that that uh, for Lent mm -hmm. will give things up for Lent, and in essence, that is a fast. Even though it may just be something like I'm going to give up caffeine, I'm going to give up pop, I'm going to give up alcohol, I'm going to give up something. You're, you're basically denying yourself the pleasure that you receive from that particular whatever it is that... Uh, right, and, and the intent then in giving that yes. up is to allow that time or the... Con like, especially if you're hungry, that constant reminder of hunger is supposed to remind you that I'm doing this for, and, and drive you to spend time with God. Yes. Not yep. sit there and go, oh, I'm so hungry, this sucks, why did it not? It's like, <laughs> yes, I'm hungry, and that reminder of hunger is is to remind me that I'm doing this to seek after God. So when I'm reminded that I'm hungry because my stomach is growling, it's, okay, now I need to use that as an impetus to go be with God. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so it's not like you don't, you don't uh, fast from porn, or you don't fast from being a drunk, or you don't fast from lying. You repent from those things and turn away from those things. You fast from things that in nature are good or necessary. Yes. And that sacrifice of those things is intended to draw you to or draw you near to God. Yeah. That's, am I am I wrong there? No, I think that's absolutely right. And I think too is that um you know, I just in general that there're just very few things that we um deny ourselves. You know, it's literally like if I get a craving for, you know, ice cream, there's a good chance that if it's not in my fridge, I'm going to go to the convenience store. I'm going to go to wherever and I'm going to mm -hmm. go get it kind of thing. So, um, I, th I think there, there are multiple levels for fasting and we'll kind of maybe delve into that a little bit more as we go through this. But, uh, I think the, 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 the essence is, is I'm, I'm choosing to not to, to deny myself of something that is a very, um, earthly type experience, even a bit of a pleasure because my desire is to seek God. And ultimately, I think that needs to be central to uh, why we do this, is there's this d desire to draw closer to God, and it is a discipline that we can use to help us do that. All right, so then who should fast? Uh, well, I, you know, I would start with the, uh, the verse that we just read, and it says, Matthew, you know, it's Matthew 6, 16 through 18, and twice in that, uh, that text, it says, when you fast. So uh, the very starting out and when you fast and then further down, but when you fast. So I think there's sort of this expectation of you're going to do it. 
I don't think it's a, you know, should you choose to do this or if you get around to it, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So I I think it's a, we should fast. And when I say we, it is, it's those people that consider Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and consider ourselves a disciple of his and want to know him better and more intimately. So that's sort of my first answer is kind of, well, everybody that considers himself a Christian. Right. So... Uh, interestingly enough, when I was um, researching this a little bit, there was sort of a sense of um, some people didn't think that Christians were supposed to fast, which I thought was very interesting. But I suppose if you take about just about any topic that relates to the Bible and Jesus and that sort of thing, you're going to find people that are like, no, I don't think we're supposed to do that. So, yeah. um, but uh, let's see the second verse. Uh, that I was going to take a look at here is in, I think, Mark 2. Uh, I kind of got distracted there. So Mark 2, 18 through 20. And uh, that verse says... Wow, a lot of dead air there. Uh, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came to him and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting? but yours are not. Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he was with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. So, um, again, um, this was this was kind of one of the, the, the verses that, as I was researching this, that some of the Christians were like kind of saying, Well, Jesus is always with us, so therefore we don't fast. And I was like, no, I think this is a literal sort of like, (laughs) okay, while he's here on earth with him, um, they're not going to fast. But when I go, then they will fast. So again, I think this ties into what um, we were saying initially is that um, those of us that consider us um, the Christ's bride, I mean, that's literally how he refers to us. He he refers to us as his bride and uh, he is the bridegroom. And when he is gone then we will fast. And so now that Jesus is gone and the Holy Spirit is with us, uh, the fasting is one of those things. Interestingly enough, uh, as we mentioned um, earlier in one of our first podcasts, is that Jesus fasted, and he fasted uh, for 40 days. So if Jesus needed to fast while he was spending uh, time on this earth, um, I guess I personally have a hard time saying that if it was important for Jesus to do it, uh, well, I'm too good for it. I don't need to do it. So, um, and then the second, uh, Matthew, uh, that's well? just, that's the same. It's the same. Story. Oh, is that the same one? Yeah. It's just the version that's in Matthew. Well, the nine fourteen to 15 is the same. Matthew nine fourteen to 15. Yeah. Uh, I should have had this better. You're fine. <laughs> I got Matthew four two. right? And then again, I think Matthew four two was, um, yeah, after fasting for days. Jesus before fasting. Nights, he was hungry. He was hungry. <laughs> Gee, you think? All right. So again, I, I think the simple answer is, is like we said, disciples of Jesus should fast, and Jesus himself did fast. Should we dive more into why we should fast? I mean, the fact that Jesus did it and told us we should do it is pretty good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there might be a more elegant way of putting that. Um, 
another verse is uh, Psalm 69, uh, 10. And that says... When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, and I'm into verse 11. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those sit at the gate mock at me, and I am the song of the drunkard. So um, there is, as you look at the different verses that deal with fasting, there is definitely a, a somber sort of tone or a mood to them. Mm-hmm. And I personally have um, been drawn to fasting at times of uh, really wanting to hear from God and have just felt like, okay, my normal sort of disciplines, the things that I generally do on a, you know, mostly a daily basis and seeking him just don't seem to carry the oomph that I need to hear from him. And so I think um, fasting is one of those things uh, that brings us into that presence. And I think you see that throughout scripture of people desiring to hear from God and sort of being in the sense of kind of almost a desperation out of it. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to be in that place. Cause I don't think that was the case with Jesus when he was led out into the wilderness. I think that was kind of a preparation for his ministry. So that can be the same thing as well of, um, I don't, I don't know why. Well, um, I may not be seeking something in particular, but I feel like God has placed it on my heart that I should be fasting. And so I definitely think that that, that could be a case of, I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling here a little bit. <laughs> the first one is um, we have a desire to seek an answer from God. And so we choose a spiritual discipline of fasting to seek him. I think the second one is an element of um, God has placed it on my heart that in this season of my life that he's calling me to a fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that can look, uh, it can have a lot of different uh, looks to what that means in terms of how we fast. Right. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you why we shouldn't fast. <laughs> uh, you'll see here in, in Matthew six sixteen to 18, uh, it says, Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen to others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. You, you don't fast to try and make yourself look holy or like a good Christian. It's not a manipulation tool to let other people see how wonderful and great you are. And, and even in Luke chapter 18, yeah, uh, it says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted so the idea of, of, of fasting and why we do it is, is to humble ourselves before God to to bring ourselves low before him kind of admitting you're God I'm not I'm, yeah <laughs> it's kind of a realization that a, a physical representation of the of the realization that we understand our place in the universe yeah 
and it's not about showboating and it's not about making yourself a better Christian it's about positioning yourself before God accurately yep I need you even to survive physically um, so I think it's yeah it's definitely like you said it's a sombering humbling um, serious yeah uh, thing to consider yeah and and to do I don't think it should be a flippant choice to say oh I'm gonna fast yeah and it's not to lose weight and it's not for a cleanse and now if there's some natural benefits to it great but that shouldn't be the motivation <laughs> yeah I'm gonna fast because I have a wedding coming up yeah also not because then you're fasting for vain reasons just like the pharisees were they yep. wanted to be seen by others yep and if not for their holiness for their skinniness <laughs> <laughs> yes all right when do we fast because i feel like we should eat at some point so when yeah, from when. from a, a practical sort of Practical, unpractical, philosophical, I don't know, I'm feeling kind of loose today. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess one of the, the thoughts that I had was, um, well, not a thought that I had, but looking up um, Nehemiah, and it talks about the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. Uh, it talks about <laughs> when it happens. And um, one of his brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the providence are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then it goes on to say what he says to God, which might be a good thing to uh, read if you find yourself in that situation. But, um, and I don't, I don't want to put this out there for anybody, but I would venture to guess that um, if we are truly seeking God, we're praying for our country, we're praying for the state of our world, there should be an element of us coming to a point of, oh my gosh, and weeping uh, for the conditions of some of the things that we see in this world. And um, out of that moment, um, that might be one of those things that draws us to, to too fast. Mm-hmm. Is that it's, okay, God, I see this in the world and I think that should change. Now, um, I guess the, the, the second piece to me is, is well, how do I, I do that? We're talking about this thing called fasting and I don't exactly know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not recommend to anybody doing a 40-day fast for the first time they ever fast. So just because Moses did it and just because Jesus did it, that is not where you begin. And I would I would genuinely say that if you feel like God is calling you to fasting, uh, one, put more time and effort into studying what a fast is and what it's all about than what we're going to be able to touch on in the podcast. But I think a good way to start in it's kind of one way that you can sort of doing it without other people knowing is you choose, okay, I've eaten breakfast. I've eaten lunch tonight. I'm not going to eat dinner. I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to eat lunch. And then I'm going to eat dinner tomorrow. And so basically I'm extending that normal nightly fast that I do 
by making it three meals over the course of a couple of days. And I think you will, the first time, the first few times you do a fast like that, you are going to experience some of the things that you should be experiencing from a fast. You're going to, you're going to be hungry. Uh, you might even be a little bit irritable. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to kind of find yourself in that moment of what do I do with this time? Now with dinner, you may go ahead and sit with your family or the people that you would normally have dinner with. But uh, for breakfast or lunch, that might be, you know, it, it could be anything. I, and this is just sort of, um, you know, just throwing things out there of just spending that time that you would normally be eating food and putting stuff in your face uh, <laughs> saying, you know, man does not live on water, you know, bread and water alone, but on the word of God. And so literally, and I believe this to be true, that we can feast on the word of God. We can read his word. We can pray to him. We can spend time with him. And if you have never, ever fasted before, that would be my recommendation for somebody to begin a fast. And from there, sort of do maybe a two-day fast or a three-day fast. And, um, you know, I think there's, I, I think they're very, um, uh, just pragmatic things to consider in all of this of you might want to check with your doctor, you know, just say, Hey doc, I'm thinking about doing a fast. Uh, you know, it's up to you if you tell him why you want to do it. And I mean, he may even ask, but, um, and just say, is this wise for me to do? Is it, am I somebody that should or shouldn't do this? And what are some things? And I think the doctor can give you, um, some very practical things that you do. I don't think it hurts to do things like take a multivitamin or things like that, you know, yeah. because ultimately what you're doing, you're looking for is that experience of putting things in your face, that pleasure that we get from chewing and the satisfaction that comes from having like a full stomach. Um, and we're, and taking that away from us, this very physical act that we do and making it sort of a spiritual thing of where we're seeking God and spending time with him. All right, last question. How does this passage correlate to the instruction from earlier in chapter 6 where Jesus instructs us to pray and to give in secret as well? What's the, what's the tie in there with fasting? Well, I think it, it, it goes into this, uh, the same thing that we talked about before. Uh, Truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. And it's just like last time. The reward is, okay, people see him fasting. <laughs> You know, and okay, people Golf hold them. Clap. Yeah, people hold them up as wow, that guy is so spiritual. He fasts. Uh, I believe, you know, interestingly in this uh, text that we've taken a look at tonight, it says the very last verse says, "And your father who sees in secret will reward you." Well, I guarantee the reward that we get from God, our heavenly Father, is going to be way better than other people looking at us and going, "Ew, look at him, he's so holy." Yeah, or oh. What a jerk. Like, yeah. Show <laughs> yeah, up. yeah, exactly. Suck up. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, I think that's it. And again, I, you know, uh, motivation is a tough thing as a human being with flesh. Cause I think it's just, I, 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 I'll speak for myself and nobody else. I just don't ever know if I ever have a pure motive. <laughs> I'm expecting to get something out of it. Yeah. And I guess there is a sense of if I'm going to get something out of it, it's probably better to seek what I'm going to get out of it from God than uh, what I'm going to get out of it from man. And ultimately make that effort to try to be in a place of humility and acknowledging that I am a sinner and that I need God and I need to hear him. I need to see you 
in my life. Yeah, that's that's kind of the that's it right there, <laughs> you know. There are many days where I feel like I've got it pretty well under control, you know, and that's just uh, silliness. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've never actually fasted. Like I've tried I've tried to give up stuff for Lent. I mm-hmm. last like 3 days. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I gave up pop. Well, why are you drinking a pop right now? Oh, man! (laughs) It didn't even register. Um, So this this whole topic is interesting to me on a number of levels. I don't think I've ever really... Like, I've never fasted from food. Yeah. Clearly. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Um... And so part of me now is like, ooh, I want to try it, to try it, right? which is not... No. You know, so even then I'm like, well, then maybe I shouldn't, but Jesus tells me that I should. I'm just, I'm conflicted, you know? <laughs> so I think I'm, I'm going to try and wait. And and uh, being part of this church plant um, that we're trying to build, I think that I might I might do a fast leading up to yeah. the initial first service. Um, because it would be... I mean, one, it's going to be an interesting experience, but two, I think if there's something in my life worth fasting for, it's the establishment of a new body of Christ right. in Kansas City. Sure. <laughs> That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, so I think that might be the first time that I do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not telling you that to be like this Pharisee. I'm no. Just, I've I, never done it before. No, yeah. It's... And I'm thinking that might be a a worthwhile discipline to engage in leading up to something that's so important. Yes. I would agree with if, that. If, if I if I do wind up doing so, I shall report back, and and let you know how angry I was because I was so hungry. <laughs> that's what I, oh, I'm just so afraid I'm going to be a total jerk. Yeah, well, and that's it. it it's it's interesting because, um, and again, I well, the, uh, let me back up here. Couple of resources for fasting: uh, Celebration of Disciplines by Richard Foster mm-hmm. is a great great book to begin with. So Celebration of Disciplines by Richard Foster and then um, Dallas Willard's book Spirit of the Disciplines. Spirit of the Disciplines. Mm-hmm. So that's another one. Uh, I would actually say Richard Foster's is better uh, for beginning your fasting and sort of a how to. Yeah, that book is, it. He like each chapter is a different spiritual discipline that he dives into the what, the why, the how. Yeah. It's very practical where Dallas is kind of just like an over yes as he is wont to do an overarching <laughs> view of what disciplines are about and there's like one chapter that gets into it, but the rest is all just why disciplines and yeah it's yeah. very much more philosophical yeah and so um like I said uh less than a 24-hour fast can be effective uh, a three-day fast um, after you get it, it it generally takes about three days for your body to get past what you've eaten and so um, a, th- a three-day fast is when you'll actually stop being hungry. Is it three days? And then That's you kind of go into a mode where there's, there's no food in your stomach and you're not hungry. And you kind of get to a place where you can, you can function. Um, and your body starts getting rid of some of the, the toxins and things in your, your body. The other thing is, is you will have horrible breath because your body starts digesting your fat and for whatever reason, it just seems to, like, the, and I guess this is, I'm just saying from my experience, but you you get bad breath. You just, 
it's nasty, but you're you're not hungry. And then this, I have never done a 40 day fast. But what I've learned is, is the reason that you do a 40 day fast is that at 40 days from like a medical standpoint, your body then starts digesting itself. And so your hunger pains kick back in at about day 40. And that's when you go, okay, that's a warning sign because my body's starting to do things to itself that it shouldn't do. So there's actually kind of a biological reason why a 40-day fast ends at 40 days. And I'm sure Gandhi fasted more than that. But um, <laughs> uh, but from a health standpoint, I think there's a general idea of um, – you're not doing yourself any favors by fasting for more than 40 days, uh, the, which the, I can't even begin to comprehend that. So. Three days. It's just, <laughs> the fact that you stop being hungry, that just that weirds me out. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and then, you know, and then there's just, there's, there's little, and, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to be like uh, melodramatic with this, but if you consider doing greater fast, um, and you've done, you know, you've kind of read Richard Foster, you've re- read Dallas Willard. You need to probably read a little bit more in depth about what you're going to experience because certain body functions don't happen because you're not putting food in your body anymore. Um, you will continue to have to go number one and not number two. And, um, you know, if you're thinking about doing a bigger one, you probably want to wean yourself off of caffeine and sugar even a couple of days before you start some of those things. So there really are some like physiological things to take into consideration um, when you do some of these things. And quite honestly, it's been a long time since I've done any of this. Um, but I don't know. This is kind of re... I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in a place of uh, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it for the wrong motives. <laughs> All right. Well, I think... That's it for today's episode. All right. Episode 17 is now in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it and think it's super cool that people listen to us talk, that it still just kind of freaks me out in a good way. (laughs) That makes sense. Uh, We're just grateful for your support. Um, And we really would love to hear from you, uh, whether it's uh, through Twitter at MasterclassFM or through email MasterclassFM at gmail.com. We really do want to hear from you. And uh, get to know you guys um, because, you know, we talk into a microphone, but we'd much rather talk with you. Uh, You're more charming than a microphone, I would imagine. (laughs) Hopefully. Yes. No, I guarantee it. (laughs) Anyways, that's it for episode 17. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Goodbye. Uh, We'll edit that out. Uh, this <laughs> You'll edit it out. Yeah. You can put that at or the I'll end. Just, or I'll just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> you can put that at the end this time. Oh, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, there are just very few things that we deny ourselves. And so... Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh... All right, so, okay.